Welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I'm Stephanie Thompson. I'm Grace Penzel. I'm Kayla Teal. And I'm Phoebe Richards. And howdy doodles, every boodles. We're all together. Yeah, we are. I feel like we sounded so casual on that intro. I loved it. We just yeah. slid in there. We we're just chill. Like, We've been doing this for a while now. We know what we're fucking doing. I don't hey, baby, what's doing. up? You know what I mean? And we haven't all been together recording in a minute. Oh, it's been so long. I've missed you guys. Yeah, we're all together in the stewed, so to speak. Yeah, our stewed. Live in stewds. I'm going to pop off by thanking some peeps. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Who are you thanking? Awesome Patreon buddies, cuties, patooties. Kayla, who are we thanking today? First up, we have Elena from Alabama. Thank you, Elena. Thank you. Thank you. I think I had breakfast in Alabama one time. Ooh. The end. And we also have Mary from Florida. Yay! Thank you, Mary. Which Florida is where I was driving when I stopped in Alabama for breakfast. Oh Oh my God. (laughs) Honestly, like, yes, representation from the South. This is wonderful. Thank you. Thank for your you. patronage, if you would like to join our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash stonerchicks. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a bonus episode of Stoner Chicks every month. That's a whole nother one. And we have a huge backlog at this point, at least 25, if not more. Is that true? I think yeah. it's 69. 69? N- no, 175 million. Episode. Anyway, we have a lot of stuff over there. At higher levels, we have a Zoom smoke sesh every month. We've got a great community happening over there and more additional bonus episodes as well as stickers and other fun merch at higher levels. So yeah, check us out, patreon.com slash stonerchicks. And I forgot to start out strong with this. So may I just say, Allons enfants de la patrie, le jour de gloire est arrivé. That's right, folks. It's Bastille Day. Oh, <laughs> it is. If you're listening to it on a certain day, it is. If you're listening to the day that this releases, it's Bastille Day. That's 14 juillet, and it is French National Day. Oh, um, so I thought that I would take this opportunity to talk just real briefly about France and weed. Ah. Yeah. So cannabis in France is outlawed. It's illegal for personal use, but it remains the most popular illegal drug there. A study found in 2021 that 10.6% of people report to be using cannabis or hashish and that 55% of the population says that they've tried it. So it's pretty popular, even though it's all coming through the black market. Also, apparently the age of stoners in France or cannabis users in France has shifted where in the 1990s, the average age was like early 20s. Now the average age is like mid to late 30s. So sort of over time, this perception of like, it's being consumed by the youth or whatever is kind of pushing past. And consequently, every year in Paris, there's a canna parade where they all, all the stoners march to be like, legalize cannabis, like, So there's a big protest and march in France and celebration that's like for the legalization of cannabis. It did automatically require jail time. And just in the last five years, they got it so that 
Now it's just a ticket. It's not quite as harshly punished, but the fact remains that they crack down on it a lot. A lot of it has to do with Geneva Convention on Drugs accordingly banned cannabis as medical treatment in 1953. So they had made a temporary use authorization for certain health products, but they essentially have shut down much studies about how it could help severe illness, and they only will let you do it if it's like everything else has failed. So anyway, that's cannabis in France. It was interesting to look up pictures of the Canna Parade and see like what stoners look like in France. And there's a little more like dark and rough around the edges, like a little bit edgy overall. So I thought that that was less like hippies, you know, you would imagine here people in like I don't know, tie-dyed t-shirts or whatever. Mm. But anyway, shout out to any French listeners. Of course, Bastille Day in general was a day that kind of symbolizes kicking off the dissolution of the monarchy in the French Revolution in the late 18th century. Mm. And so French National Day and Independence Day consecrating the end of feudalism in France happens every year in a huge military march and celebration in Paris. So it's about revolution and national identity and all that. And yeah, let's smoke one to France for Bastille Day, because I didn't know a ton about I've smoked weed in France, but I brought it from Barcelona. Oh, wait, fuck. And then the other thing I was going to say is that I've been watching The Circle France and it's been crazy. I watched that once. Did you? Are we all smoking right now together? I took too big of a hit off my vape pen and I can't talk right now. Oh, dear. I've got a joint I rolled last night. It might be one of my best rolled joints ever. I'm glad I'm getting better. I did. I watched half of a season of France Circle and half of Brazil. And what I found is I enjoyed them. But for me, those shows are it's hard for me to sit through those shows without being able to do other things at the same time. And I can't do that with the ones with subtitles. So I struggled. I feel if I had someone to watch them with, you know what I mean? Because on my own, I just would, I would zone out and then I'd be like, oh, I literally missed so much. (laughs) I feel that Phoebe. I would, I would probably want the same. We should watch it together. I love the circle. I feel like it's easier for me to watch because I know a good amount of French. So it's actually been kind of fun to like return to that and be like, matching the subtitles to what they're saying or like being able to distinguish a little bit. So a couple things I've picked up is they say cuckoo as like hello. Mm-hmm. And then it's funny, they like try to, they like mix in a lot of English. Like, so there's some Franglish and they'll be like, hashtag team winner. <laughs> and the other thing is to say fuck, they say putain. And so I've, I've been picking that up as well. It's like, <laughs> oh, putain. So yeah, Circle France, I've, they're all really hot. Too, but they're also serious and direct. It's like a very, it's a very intense thing. Okay, I know I'm going over time here. I like knowing that the stoners in France are more edgy. That's kind of a fun fact. Yeah, they, it seems a little edgier. And I think it comes down from like the sort of origins of like who was smoking in France. Cause like in the mid 19th century, when all of those like French elites, like poets and writers, like Alexandre Dumas and all of them were active. They formed something called the Club des Achichiens, or like 
the Hash Club, Club of the Hash Eaters. And so it was a group dedicated to the exploration of drug-induced experiences, notably with hashish, but they would do opium too. And yeah, they kind of like went to these seances and they would consume dawa mask, which was a green paste made from cannabis resin mixed with fat, honey, and pistachios. Yummy. And like Charles Baudelaire and a couple other guys that we know were also part of it. But that's some of the, so all these like moody artists were like using hashish and writing and everything. So very French, I think. (laughs) Yeah, very French. So anyway, happy Bastille Day, everybody. Happy Bastille Day forevermore. Can I tell you guys something really quick? This totally off topic of everything that I think Mm -hmm. the listeners and you will like. I have a new crush alert. And it's the sort of rebranded hotter Smokey the Bear. What? What? Okay. What? What? I'm about to send you all a picture. Oh, man. Do you have a thing for like park rangers, Phoebe, in general? Just this image really does it for me. (laughs) I'm sending you another one. Oh, Oh, I see. I can. (laughs) It's like they made Smokey. He's. Like all of a sudden, like just no shirt and looks real buff. And he is kind of daddy vibes. Yeah. I just like see him and I want him to like throw me over his shoulder because he doesn't look, (laughs) he looks refined, right? It's like throw me over his shoulders in a fun way and like go live in a log cabin. I think I should write fanfic. They did make him weirdly man like in these (laughs) images. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, when is this from? The bottom know. one looks old. Like he's I... got pecs and upper abs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got huge arms. His shoulders are swole. And in this photo, yeah. he's he we'll put this on our Instagram, okay? Cuz oh, in yeah. this photo, he's like he's like saving a child and a raccoon from some wolves. He's like, it "I'll may, save yeah. you." He's beating back a pack of wolves with a oh. branch. <laughs> and I want to watch him beat some other things. Wait. <laughs> I meant beat off, not never mind. Wait, you wanna watch you wanna watch Smokey the Bear Jack off? Like solo masturbation videos? (laughs) No, I really don't. No. I think I want him to take me, not to watch him. I feel it'd be that's when I'd be like, oh, this is a bear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. The jeans make it okay. Yeah, an animal knows how to put jeans on. And it looks good, I'm just saying. He's got a belt buckle. It says Smokey. Which is the name of the character from Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a movie that we watched for our summer series. Yeah, and you know what? I think we have other movies we're watching, including one that we're going to talk about today. (gasps) In our Stoner Movie Book Club Summer Series. It's so hot. For this second edition of our Summer Series Stoner Movie Book Club, we watched 1998's The Big Lebowski, directed by the Coen Brothers. Oh. (laughs) I for some reason thought you all would react. (laughs) No, I, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. And let's see here. I could try really quick to do a quick description of a movie that in some ways has a really complicated plot, but I think I can do this real simply. So there's this guy named Jeff Lebowski, but everyone calls him the dude and he's a burnout and he lives in L.A. And all he really wants to do is go bowling with his two buddies, Walter, a pretty angry Vietnam vet, and Donnie, an ex-surfer. 
But there's this other guy named Jeff Lebowski who's like a big deal and has money or whatever, who has a trophy wife who owes money all over town. And through mistaken identity, people come after the dude to get what's owed to them from the trophy wife, which sort of leads to the two Lebowskis intersecting. The dude sort of gets hired as to find Bunny, the trophy wife, after she's kidnapped. And basically, it's just sort of like a mystery gumshoe stoner movie story. Wow. I want to just slow clap that description. That was so good and succinct. And I never would have been able to describe that plot so well. (laughs) Well, if you tried to explain the entire thing, it would be complicated. But Basically, when the Coen brothers did write it, they were trying to go for that sort of film noir gumshoe storytelling. But then also they have said that the plot in itself almost doesn't matter. It's sort of just like scenes that are funny, but there's sort of this like bumbling gumshoe aspect to it. Hmm. Yeah. Where everything that could go wrong does go wrong. Yes. Very stoner movie, sort of like, you know, where it's like everything just keeps getting worse. Well, the catalyst was that some goons peed all over the dude's rug Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he wanted to get his rug replaced. And that's how he gets involved in this whole. Well, initially he gets confused for this wrong Jeff Lebowski. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So let's hear. I had seen I saw this in the theater when it came out. I think I saw it twice in the theater. I'm curious about you three. Well, I've seen it before a couple of times. It's kind of one of those cult classic movies sort of thing. Like everyone knows the dude abides. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen this before, but it's been quite a few years since I've seen it in its entirety, like a full sit down and watch. This was my second time. I again, I watched all these for a specific project I did in improv school. (laughs) And it was probably when I was 24. So this was my second time seeing it. And it was, I really enjoyed the dude, the character of the dude. But this movie felt like it would not end for me. Anyone else feel that with Coen Brother movies? Oh, now that yeah. you say a Co- it was a Coen Brother movie, it makes sense why I feel this way, where he, they care less about plot. And I have a hard time. I'm just like, I think I watched it in six sittings is how long it took me to finish it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dang. That could just be me and what I have going on in life. But I don't know. I was like, oh, God, gotta, gotta keep going. Yeah, I actually had never seen this movie. <gasps> really? and. It was really interesting watching it after sort of all of the mythologizing that has mm-hmm. has gone around it. And it was not what I was expecting at all. I think there were funny things that happened. And I do think like it is a funny observation of some pretty like sad sack characters, which the Coen brothers specialize in. I mean, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Or like Intolerable Cruelty or Hail Caesar. Like they're all kind of fuckheads like every time, you know. But I had a little bit of a problem with it because for me, it was very stressful to watch the character that John Goodman plays. What's his name? Mm -hmm. Walter. Walter. Walter is the kind of person that explodes in anger and makes huge scenes in public no matter how hard you beg them not to and I have too much of that in my past so I just like for me it was a little bit of a a little bit of a trigger to be honest so it was a little hard for me to to watch 
But Mm. I hung in there and I thought that there was some interesting stuff, some good dream sequence action. And that's where I'm at with the big Lebowski. Yeah. The dream sequence was my favorite part of the movie, I think. I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. The both of them or a specific one? Oh, I guess I'm thinking of when he gets drugged, his drink gets drugged. The kind of bigger Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. 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 Where he's going under the legs of all the ladies. Yeah. In the bowling lane. Yeah. I mean, I love The Big Lebowski. I've also seen it so many times. I was 17, I think, when it came out. And I was huge into Coen Brothers. Fargo is one of my favorite movies. Mm -hmm. Country for Old Men is one of my favorite old movies, which came out later. Raising Arizona is one of my favorite movies. I love Raising Arizona. Yeah. Which is funny because it's like, because that's another one of a bunch of guys that kind of blow up and make things worse for themselves. But maybe Mm -hmm. it's more cartoony for you. Or maybe because you saw it long enough ago. I don't have to spend as much time with those characters, but yeah, it is. John Goodman's just good at being a fucking stressful dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so I love it. And I can't really, I mean, I, like I said, I saw it back then. I saw it over the years. I had a group of friends that we were all really into it. And we threw a big Lebowski party once where we all came in costumes and people went so out on their costumes. They were so good. And so I don't know, it's sort of like, watching it yesterday. I had probably been some years since I had seen it. And I kind of predicted, my guess was, I bet Kayla finds this really long. No joke. (laughs) And I wonder if Grace is a little not into the anger of many of the characters. Those were my guesses. You called it. You know us. For me, I think it's just a movie that I kind of agree it's long. I think because I do kind of agree with the Coen brothers is like, I don't really watch it. I mean, I know it well enough, but I don't really watch it for the plot. I just mm-hmm. find all of the scenes funny. And it's a movie that when I did used to watch it all the time, I think the performances in it are just so phenomenal. I think it's some of the best comedic performances and they are different good. characters each time I watch like. Like, I'll watch it and someone new will be who I'm like, oh, my God, like obsessed with their performance. Philip Seymour Hoffman is one of my absolute favorites in it. The freaking details of his character, the way he's like so uncomfortable and he always laughs by like putting his arms out kind of like a penguin. (laughs) Just like, oh, he makes me laugh so, so hard. He must have been channeling penguin energy on purpose. I wouldn't put it past him. I was obsessed with Jesus, the rival bowling player character. Yeah, although John Chichoro could not do like Spanish accent. It was it sounded so Italian. There's <laughs> to me at least. I was maybe he's an Italian trying to talk that way. Yeah, exactly. In the movie. I don't know. <laughs> he was just kind of a wild character. It was his physical comedy that was getting me, like the walk and this glove work and all of it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, this guy's hilarious. Cause I've seen him in like Adam Sandler movies. But I never like put it together that he's the guy that plays the rival bowling guy. I actually really enjoyed Tara. What's her name? Reed. Tara Reed. Mm-hmm. As Bunny. As Bunny. I really liked her performance. It was very fun. And that was only a tiny, tiny bit. Yeah, not a lot of women in the movie. <laughs> not a lot of women in the oh movie. Oh my God, Julianne Moore's character. Can we talk about her? Yeah, Maude Lebowski. Louise. That was one of my funniest moments was when she was putting her legs up in the air to try to conceive after they <laughs> slept together. <laughs> that was bonkers. I think my favorite scene of the entire movie is when the porn actor comes in while the dude is in the tub and he unleashes his ferret into the tub. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think they honestly threw one in I the know, tub. I was worried no. about the ferret. Yeah, I think I actually meant to look that up, and then I was like, oh, I just won't bring it up because I, I sounds were fake. But the... I think they did. I was enjoying it, thinking it was a fake ferret. Now I hate it. I don't know. <laughs> I almost looked it up, but then I was like, I don't want to know. Pretty sure I remember Peta being mad back in the day. Okay. Oh. <laughs> hey, we've come a long way. Ninety-eight was a, a lifetime ago. It was the same year as my favorite movie, The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. That was a 98 movie. Now, I will say that if we can we talk about the weed smoking? Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about weed at all. Well, it feels like we just started talking about the movie, but we got to take a break and get more high just like the dude would. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the role that weed played in this famous iconic stoner comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. (laughs) Worth it. Welcome back, players. You're listening to Stoner Chicks Podcast. Yeah, so we're talking about Big Lebowski. We have Phoebe, who's a huge fan, Steph, who it's a little unclear, and Grace and (laughs) Kayla, who were feeling tepid. Let's talk about our thoughts on how it I don't know, portrays weed, I guess. I wasn't, it just like, you didn't even really know. he. I think he says when he's with the real or the the old man, Jeff Lebowski, and he goes, I'm going to light up a J. Oh, he says, you mind if I do a J? Do a J, that's right. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> While the guy's crying about his fia- uh, wife being kidnapped. And then he just kind of smokes it throughout the movie, like he drops in his lap in the car while he thinks he's being followed. Oh, that's right. That was pretty mm-hmm. funny. That I actually laughed the hardest when, when he drops the roach and then he pours beer all over himself and then he <laughs> crashes straight into a dumpster. It's so funny. Oh, God. I mean, I guess as far as we treatment, to me, it's a movie that the movie isn't really judging its characters at all. As Grace sort of said, it's about, I'd say, largely some pretty unlikable people or at least people we're not seeing in their best moments. So the dude, I mean, I would say overall, the movie has a like somewhat loving feeling of the dude and he's just burnout. He just likes to smoke weed and he's just very chilled out. But nobody ever really acknowledges that he's smoking weed. Like he just lights up in like that guy's mansion and no one like comments on it. And he it's interesting. They just kind of don't acknowledge it much. It's not a plot device for sure. Like weed. This is an interesting stoner comedy where it the plot is not. Like, weed is not central to the plot at all. It's just something that happens every once in a while. But I would argue, I mean, maybe I'm going too much off of what they said when they wrote it, since it is taking that gumshoe detective, like, uh, styling. I would say, in a way, the whole script is a weed comedy because the whole point is, it's like every decision made, none of it is what he thinks it is. Like, that's kind of the joke that everything that's happening is just because he's kind of being a burnout out of it. Yeah, but I kind of disagree with you guys a little bit. I kind of feel like the weed is tied with the white Russian thing and that those two go hand in hand. And I kind of think that those it's portrayed negatively. Like, I kind of think that it's like an aspect of his sort of like buffoonery that he's kind of always getting stoned and like that it makes it so that he like can't even really express himself and like. But who's not a buffoon in the movie? No one. But I just think that it's not necessarily a very positive portrayal of cannabis. Oh, I yeah, I'd, I guess I'd go with neutral. 
Yeah. I just like, he's not really like a big winner in the movie. And yeah, I'd say fine, neutral. Yeah, I would agree. But I don't know. His character makes me sad. I think it's kind of funny because in, in my mind, he's kind of been glorified as someone that people want to be of like being chill and like neutral and stuff. But he just, his life was so small and he was just friends with this guy who was kind of horrible and making things difficult and he could never succeed. But I think they're trying to make you root for him though. It's because everybody like kind of does root for him. That's why he's like such a great Halloween costume. Like, oh yeah. You're, even though he is, he's a kind of sad dude, you're kind of like wanting him to come out on top. It felt very smiley face. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not my favorite portrayal of stoners. It was fun. He was like charming. He was a bumbling kind of guy. I can see it. Sorry to be so negative. I apologize. (laughs) That's okay. And like how we talked about last time, I asked you like, how much did the misogyny in this movie bother you? And we thought maybe that would be a theme going throughout some of these older stoner comedies. Did you guys find any moments of misogyny in this script? I think for me, I was thinking about this because I wanted to talk about it. I mean, there's very few female characters in the entire movie that speak. I think there's two. And it is a has a lot of characters. I think for me, I don't find it misogynist, though I'd be open to it. But I definitely think it is very clearly the male gaze. Like there's just like there's one part where they cut to that woman on the trampoline and it's like her tits are out. And it's weird because I have no problem with nudity. So there's never anything in it that I find offensive. But considering there's almost no women that even talk. There's no male nudity. And I think there is just there's just times where I'm like, yeah, this was made by men. I can just tell. Yeah, it does not pass the Bechdel test. That's for sure. I I don't think Friday would either. I don't even know if two women are on screen at the same time in the movie. No, except for when all of those them are together and he's sliding and looking up their skirts. Sure. And you're (laughs) and when they're watching the porn and there's Terry and a naked woman together. I don't find any of these. I think that like Julia Moore's character is great. I think that I don't find it a movie where I'm overly like, I don't think it's like sexist or misogynist in like what the script is saying. But the Coen brothers tend to be, this is probably one of their more diverse movies. And they often don't, they either have really strong female characters or almost no female characters. I thought that the dude's interactions with the women were kind of fun. Like I felt like he, here's a low bar for you. He treated them like people, whereas like I feel like in a lot of movies, like the women are just there for being sex objects and the guys like don't know how to talk to them and are just like, oh, yeah, they can't even like encounter a woman as an equal. And I felt like the dude kind of did when he talked to those Mm -hmm. women. He even like Julianne Moore's character kind of baited him a little like to see if the word vagina made him uncomfortable and like stuff like that. And which I think the writers were kind of making fun of feminists with this character. They definitely were. It was still a fun character, though. Julianne Moore was hilarious as it. And he was like that stoner friend, like your dude friend who's mm-hmm. a stoner and you go and sesh with him. And he's kind of like, you're not really going to fuck him, but <laughs> he's just like well, your buddy. Does. Yeah, because we're also going to keep track of if any women smoke weed in these movies, which we're still at zero, though. Again, another stoner comedy where there's, I mean, the dude smokes weed in this more than they do in Friday, but it is just him that smokes weed. No one else smokes weed in the movie. But I will say at least the female, like she wants to have sex with them. She wants to be impregnated by him and is fine with him being a stoner. So at least it's not a female character like ragging on him about it. <laughs> 
Yeah. And we find yeah. out that the big Lebowski, the the rich guy in the mansion, this whole all the whole movie, you think he's so powerful. And then at the end, it's revealed that it's actually his wife and daughter who are the powerful people in the family. Mm-hmm. And he actually doesn't have any money to give yeah. him an allowance. He was great. <laughs> That actor was great. He killed it, just screaming and screaming. I really liked him. The bums lost. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, I mean, but that's where it's funny talking. Like, I've seen this movie so many times. Like, I literally, like, I was dying watching it yesterday. It cracks me up a lot. Yeah. So what do we want to rate it? I'm going to go with, we're doing our same rating, but I'm also going to rank the summer series as we go. Oh, okay. For myself. So There's six of them? Is that? Mm-hmm. There will be six okay. at the end. Okay. So I'm going to go for this one. I'm going to go with a 4.5 out of five because I love this movie a lot. And there that puts it above Friday for me. So right now I got Big Lebowski, then Friday. I'm going to go with 2.5 out of five, which rates me first Friday, second Le- Big Lebowski. Yeah. For me, I think I've got to go with 3.5 tokes. I think... It's a well-made movie, and I enjoyed some parts of it. You know what? I'm going to drop it to three. Sorry. (laughs) So it's a tie. You can still rank them however you want, though. Oh, so I think I would rank this higher than Friday for me. So, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Steph. The mystery of Steph. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. (laughs) <laughs> Let's see. Sorry, Walter cracked me up. I know I he know, was so he's a problematic character sort of, but he I love John Goodman. Let's see. I love this movie. So I'm giving it a four four point two five. So put it All slightly right. slightly ahead of Friday for me. And I think that is where I stand on my tokage. I'm sorry, Steph. I didn't mean to take down the movie really love oh you know i know it's all opinion where's my apology (laughs) i love this movie it's i kind of identify with the dude as kind of this pacifist stoner that kind of waddles through life so i've always enjoyed the dude the dude movies (laughs) hell yeah yeah i love it too i i mean i could talk forever about it but that's not what we're gonna do I know. I love the Coen brothers. I just, Fargo is one of my favorite movies on the planet. Yeah. Marge. Marge. So those are my tokages, my tokies. So the next movie we're watching is 2001's How High, starring Method Man. I've never seen How High. Nor I. I don't know if I have. I think I'll figure it out when I start watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Now, for we've talked about Stoner Movie Book Club Summer Series Edition of Big Lebowski. And now we're going to do a little, hey, did y'all know this? And it's just some things I learned about the movie. Some interesting things like how many times do you think the word dude is said in the movie? 277 times. It's a good guess. It's 198. Damn it. Still a lot, though. How many... Caucasians or white Russians, do you think the dude drinks in the movie? Eight. 23. Nine. <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Nine is the answer. And then you know what's cur- wild? You know what's wild? Is that I tried to look up how many times the dude smokes weed and I could not find that fact on the internet, which makes zero sense to me. But I know it's at least four times. Because I can remember four times. That's what I remember. <laughs> Can you guess which two actors they had in mind when they wrote the script that are in the movie? John Goodman is Walter. 
Yes, that is who they actually wrote the entire script for as they were coming up with something to write a character for John Goodman. Oh, wow. And then there's someone else that while they were writing it, they had in mind and they got. It's not Jeff Bridges? Sam it Elliott. It is not. It is oh. Sam Elliott. You're oh. so good, Stephanie, as the narrator. Guess. Yes, no. Jeff Bridges was not. They actually were thinking of Mel Gibson early on. And then when someone suggested Jeff Bridges, they were like, that's so perfect that they actually held filming for six months to for his to be available. And he got the costumes before they started rehearsing. He wore the the dude's clothes through the entire filming process, even when he was at home. (laughs) (laughs) I love his jelly shoes. He was wearing like clear jelly. I have always looked for those. I've never been able to find them in clear. I literally love those. I used to have those. Mm, Jelly. Yeah. (laughs) Get it? (laughs) Julianne Moore was pregnant with her first child while filming, and she kept it a secret until after they filmed the harness scene because she didn't want them to tell her she couldn't film it. (laughs) Oh, that she couldn't do the stunt? Right. The opening scene for her character is her, like, riding a big harness as doing, like, some modern art. Can I tell you guys something? Yeah. When I worked as a haunted house one Halloween, I worked at a haunted house and I was rigged up in rigging like she was in in that movie. And I was a witch and I would fly over people in the haunted house. I'd jump through a door and fly over people and scare them. Whoa. Whoa. How do we not know this? So you're just like Maude Lebowski almost. Yeah. (laughs) That's dope. My only other fun fact is when they filmed the bowling alley dream sequence and Jeff Bridges is under all of those women's legs. They, as a joke, had stuffed their underwear full of wigs. So it looked like they had like, <laughs> like really wild bushes coming out. And they use that. So his eyes that get really big and are like looking like really like, whoa, is because he had not known they were going to do that <laughs> and was like, whoa, why am I seeing all their pubic hair? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Sort of a funny thing. So those were my fun. Hey, y'all, did you know? And. That's what I got. So, Kayla, take us out. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Stoner Chicks Podcast. Wait a second. What? Wait the heck. Huh? The whole goddamn fucking second. <laughs> What's going on? It's time for 60 Second Bong Box. Oh. Ooh. 60 Second Bong Box. 60 Second Bong Box. I'm going to pull up the timer. Pull up your timer. And then I'm going to grab my bong. <laughs> And I hit it, press play, right? You hit it, announce the topic, press play. <laughs> hit wait, it, wait. announce the topic, press play. <laughs> we tell you how to do it every time. I know. <laughs> and it's going to happen every time because I'm a stoner. We got double bongs. We got a bong waterfall. Okay, my topic is long honking. Long honking? Long honking. So there's a time and a place for a car honk, but the extended long honk is inappropriate. It's fucked and up. I have I have thoughts about people who do the long honk. You guys are insane. You're like <laughs> absolutely unhinged. Unhinged people who do the long honk. So one time I was crossing a street as a pedestrian <laughs> and it was my right away because it was a fucking I had a crosswalk and you're a pedestrian. I was a pedestrian. And this guy just long honked at me the entire way I crossed the street. It was creepy <laughs> as fuck. I thought he was oh going to murder me. It was people who do the long honk are absolutely crazy. And if you long honk, I am no longer your friend and I will never talk to you again. Whoa. That is how I feel 
about the long honks. How long is long? Long honk is over over three seconds. At least. Wow. Dang. This Sorry. Is... I started asking questions before it was done. Not real. I'm just putting it listeners. I mean, only Stephanie feels this way as far as I know, but if you honk for more than three seconds, Stephanie doesn't like you. <laughs> no, I will not like you. I think it is indicative of a personality type that just does not vibe with me. Okay. Yeah. Does not vibe. Well, with on me. that note, Kayla, take us out. <laughs> <laughs> if you've long honked, reach out and repent, please, to sonarchickspodcast at gmail.com. I like the nice little toot, a few little toots like, hello, there's a green light. Please go forward. Toot, 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 toot. Grace loves a cute little toot. I love the toots. I love a cute little toot. That's what the horn's for is toots. It's for toots. Horns for tootin', not for long honking. Or like a, don't hit me. Yeah. You can long honk if someone's actually going to hit you. Oh, if it's you, an though, emergency right? situation, if it's life or death, you long honk until someone sees you or hears you. Okay. Reacts accordingly. But if you're long honking out of just pure anger. Yeah. You're out. You're Then you're out in Stephanie's book. You're out, out in my book. You're out <laughs> of my book. I'm writing you out. But anyone who's listening to this is in in my book. <laughs> and you can uh, send us a little toot on Instagram at Stoner Chicks Podcast or on TikTok at Broccoli Broads. We've been slacking on the TikTok. I got to remember to remember to be on there. We're never going to get to that toe. Toe? Phoebe, you're the one that has to pee. Kayla, go. <laughs> get to what toe? TikTok toe? I was trying to make a dumb joke. Oh, oh my God. Phoebe, you're punishing yourself. <laughs> I am punishing myself. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. Oh, God. And if you want to play tic-tac-toe with us, you can send us a postcard. We could send it back and forth <laughs> to P.O. Box 80586, Seattle, Washington, 98108. Yeah, make the first move and we'll counter with an X or an O, the opposite of what you do. Mm. Okay. I'm down. I did just get some stickers in the mail. Thank you. And I sent some back for sticker exchange. Ooh, I love the sticker Ooh, exchange is yeah. happening. <laughs> well, yeah, the, that's been us. And you can also have more episodes at patreon.com slash stoner chicks. Phoebe, what do stoners always say? The dude abides, even if the stoner chicks aren't the biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke, Smoke your weed. Your weed. <laughs> <laughs>